Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Mitten Backstage. Thanks so much for joining us. Today, I have with me Conrad Schock. Now, you might recognize that name if you live around the Grand Rapids area from Conrad Schock and the Noise, but he also is involved in a bunch of different projects. I recently worked with him and Dante Cope on some videos through Dogtown Studio, and that involved some remixing of some tunes, uh, you know, an electronic, instrumental, vocal, hybrid, hip hop, you know, a fusion of, of styles and sounds. And, you know, all these things are part of the overarching idea he had uh, was a culture M4A, the label that he created over the course of the pandemic to help support, you know, all sorts of artists around West Michigan, whether it's getting things pressed to tape or uh, assistance with getting their music streaming and published. Um, he's also consulted as a producer and record, you know, a studio engineer. He does a lot of different things and it was great getting to sit down and chat with him. If you like today's conversation and you want to support podcasts like these that I create, you can head on over to patreon.com slash There you can get early access to all of the podcast episodes in audio and video formats, as well as exclusive merch and more. You can also go to duchessnedeker.com to check out everything else that I'm up to around the internet. And don't underestimate that social currency. Share, like, follow all the different prompts that you have on the different platforms. You can engage with those things and help push my content out into the algorithmic ether so that more people can enjoy these types of conversations. And those likes and clicks go a long way. So I appreciate those as well. All right, let's get right into today's conversation with Conrad Schock. Yeah, had to use my phone. I, uh... My driver on my interface is not up to date with my software, so oh. I, I couldn't get all my mics and everything routed through. So using right. the old <laughs> using the old cell phone. <laughs> yeah, I just I had issues with the interface I bought from a friend used, and he must have been using an older like Mac OS uh, because I tried like using. I tried using it with Windows 10 and I like updated all the drivers. Everything was looking good. And then every time I would try to like record with it, it would just have this like super like distorted, like you couldn't hear anything. It just sounded like an electrical (laughs) signal. (laughs) No, yeah. Not what you want. (laughs) Yeah. And then, and then the same thing with monitoring. It was like, I couldn't get a, even just like a clean pass through signal, like before tracking. So it's mm-hmm. like, well, <laughs> this isn't working. Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm probably yeah. just going to sell it for like cheap and just be like, hey, I couldn't get this to work, but maybe you can. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be a communication thing with the computer. I did not take that into account. Like, I uh, recently <laughs> was looking for a new computer for a while. My, um, older computer I'd had since like 2014 or so so it was when it came to like running recording software or anything like that it was kind of a little rough and so I had to I tried to like get something better and so I was like doing all this research and 
didn't do the research of like, hey, does my interface connect to this? Like, so I saw, oh, I got this. It's like the Mac Mini that they have right now. And so oh, I got yeah. that and I was like, oh yeah, this thing is great. And then I, it said Thunderbolt, like it has Thunderbolt cable on the back of it. And I'm like, sweet, that's my interface, Thunderbolt. This is perfect. And then I get it and realize that there's like Thunderbolt 2 and Thunderbolt like regular or oh. it's Thunderbolt 2 and 3 or something like that. And essentially new Thunderbolt is just Apple's way of saying USB-C. And oh. so, yeah, I have one that's like these old things right here like the older kind of like thunderbolt cables that are not quite <laughs> right not quite a USB-C and <laughs> yeah it was rough i had to like go in and shut down like i had to like start the computer in a weird way and like disable the firewall and then like allow certain things to come through i was able to like get it to work so i didn't have to get a different computer which was nice <laughs> yeah i was i was hearing from um Isaac Berkowitz that he he went in and bought one of those newer MacBooks with the 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 chip whatever the M1 yep. or M2 or whatever is out right now. That's exactly what I got. Yeah. Yeah, and and he was <laughs> he was saying yeah. the same thing of like the he went to the you know the Genius Bar and it was like okay so this thing will be good for music right and he was like yeah it's the it's it's perfect for music it runs well everything's great. And then he's like, okay, because I'm going to buy it, but I want to know it's it's just ready to be used with all of the, you know, the software I want to use it for. And he's like, yeah, it'll be great for music. And then, you know, he's had, he's been trying to use it with Desmond Jones for like stuff they're recording. And it's like certain plugins won't work, like certain functions aren't working, mm-hmm. like just weird problems. <laughs> Yeah, so far I've been able to, there's one plugin that I'm doing without, and it's kind of something that I didn't really need as much anyway. It was something, it was like a reference program. I mean, it's a great thing to have, but like, it's not anything that actually changes the sound of anything like that I'm doing. So like, yeah, that was the only one that I couldn't get to work no matter how hard I tried like a few of them i had to like install some of my plugins like three times before it would work like no there was some weirdness (laughs) there was some weirdness (laughs) yeah it's well and that's been i don't know with the last year having you know some purchases of of new tech there's like certain gear that like the uh what is it the boss uh rc505 loop station like Mm -hmm. I only, I've only like, like done surface level stuff with it. And I know, you know, I see Hannah use it for our earth radio shows and I'm like, there's mm-hmm. so much more I could use this for that. I haven't even tried yet. <laughs> oh yeah. Trying to navigate. I more recently getting into that, um, MPC, I, after our performance that we did, I kind of started to figure the thing out a lot more and, um, <laughs> I, I was like, oh man, I gotta like do like more, like just, you know, do more of it. Cause it's just constantly, I mean, hey, you get better at whatever you're doing. And so I was practicing with it a ton. And like a lot of the YouTube videos that I was finding are guys that are like, 
just flipping through these things like super quick and they're not even using the screen on it because they've been using NPCs for like, like Lord knows how long. And so yeah. like they've been <laughs> using them and they can just like from the button navigation, just like fly through everything. And I'm just trying to keep up with it sometimes. So it's kind of difficult. Cause it's just like, Oh my gosh, like trying to learn on something and like the five Oh five, that's what it's called. Right. Yeah. Uh, the Colin. Yep. Yeah. That one doesn't have like a screen aside from that little like alarm clock looking <laughs> box right <laughs> yeah it's like very basic like text window type yeah not a not yeah. a full screen or not a yeah any <laughs> bells and whistles <laughs> you get into something and you realize you're like shifting really like crazy stuff or like yeah i don't know <laughs> i find um it was definitely a learning curve when i was trying to use it for sure that it took me a second to get comfortable with it right yeah and well and and i feel like there's also that like you're the learning curve of new gear but then it's also like you you buy it knowing it can do a thing that's working for you know like oh i bought a loop station i can now loop things but then within the loop station you're like oh this thing can multi-layer on these four tracks so I could like just literally, you know, hook up instruments to a mixer and just like arrange using this, like just demo out random loop ideas for songs. <laughs> oh yeah. No, it's great. I love it. I um more recently the EP that I'm releasing on uh October thirtieth, that one I it's pretty much everything was made from using the MPC and not every track like is exclusively done this way but a few of them i was taking it and using it because it can be a host device and so i was doing a lot of stuff where i would go through and like set up the midi data and take certain keyboards and then i was using um this thingy that i um we used in the dog oh yeah thing, the the voice thing and i realized i can like take certain progressions and such and like automatically set it to being under the vocals so i can like live have like you know a harmony or whatever underneath like already set for this thing to like go into so that i can kind of like do live performance of vocals still have all the cool like auto tune and like all the chords and all that kind of stuff without having to like i'm gonna sing this part do a bunch of studio stuff then i'm gonna do this thing and do a bunch of studio stuff it was cool to like there was a few tracks where i did them all ex like entirely live with like the vocals and doing stuff like that and doing uh sending it out to like drum machines and using like the external drum machine because you can like that thing will remember everything and then it's all locked in get it sent out to like an analog drum machine run that through a bunch of pedals delays you know i was putting like fuzz on the kick drums and stuff it was great <laughs> yeah that's like that's when I, I feel like more people that i i see even if they're not like, you know, people I know directly, like I feel like more people are buying gear knowing that the the options with gear are endless. They're not just, you know, like guitarists are always going to buy guitar pedals, but they might be using them with synths in, in the studio or they, you know, like a, a beat maker might buy a, you know, like an MPC type thing, but maybe they trigger other samples that are not just like you know they bought it to record drums but now they're you know branching out and 
and trying, you know, what if I MIDI controlled it with this thing? Or what if I hooked it up to a semi-modular rig? What would happen? Like mm-hmm. more people are trying no. to, yeah, experiment with it. <laughs> yeah, it's so much fun. Um, yeah, I'm really trying to figure out how I want to do it in like, because I've done a few, like I said, live recordings like that. Um, and so I'm kind of like going through now and I've been working on like, getting all of those things set out into like a live performance, like one session kind of thing before I was any situation I've ever been on it. I could just set up like one song and that would be it. But then like going in between sessions on that thing is not very smooth. And you're like sitting there like, all right, let's get this done. Like, all right, like get to the next thing. It's got to load it. And so like, it's best to like just make a master session for your whole show and have like different like sequences throughout the whole thing. And you can like basically like export a whole song or project you have as a sequence. And then Mm. just, you just kind of like build like a live show thing. And so now I'm trying to work on like trying to take some of those elements into like, okay, how can I like do this in a live setting to where like I have all these parts moving and then like just plan out like, okay, I have this, controller thing where if I have say people playing with me like I don't need like the keyboard parts so I can cut all the keyboard parts for this performance and just like keep those blank and if I'm gonna be say like doing like a solo or something I can cut out some parts or something or have it set up to do that have the keyboard set to control something in certain bars even you can like one bar the keyboard could be controlling a synthesizer and then next it can be like your vocoder notes or whatnot like it's really endless in what you can do with it and so I'm trying to like I want to do it in a way with like with people and try and have like a live element sort of people interacting off of it and stuff like that and so yeah that's been my 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 homework as of late (laughs) Yeah, it well, it reminded me of like the stuff we did. It reminded me of when I played in um, Mizpah years ago, um, and that was like, you know, Ben Geyser had like the all the stuff produced and all the you know sampling and keyboards and other things, and then sang, mm-hmm. and then I was just you know with each track trying to pick out little ideas or motifs I wanted to, you know, like improvise parts around. And then, you know, having Brad there as kind of a soloist, I could play off of him and then Becca would sing backups. So I could kind of, you know, I could choose to focus on a lot of different things. And I wasn't really, you know, it wasn't like, Oh, this song, you know, it, it's, it's this progression. It's like, there is a progression, but it's also (laughs) a lot of like starting and stopping samples and, you know reacting to stuff (laughs) yeah it is sort of freeing in a way knowing that you can um i don't know sort of just it's it's really stark it's really like jagged at times and (laughs) you can lean into it if you want to you totally can like oh man i love listening to a lot of um i feel like uh a lot of like earl sweatshirt type samples or um a lot of his uh people on tan Crescetta or Crescetta, I don't know how they say their label, but um, the beats, there's so many like tuned, like up-tuned gospel singers, just like, bah, 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 just like repeating and things like that in the background. And it's really cool, but oh my gosh, it's also just like, it sounds like you're in the studio working on a section and you're like trying to remove that like 
hiss from the vocal part so you're just hearing like bah, 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 like over and over again it's like let's make a song out of this like <laughs> right <laughs> yeah well and and i think of like the the recent session we did with earth radio some of those you know some of the things that'll be in the final product were purely because the guest producer uh paul clemson he he you know after us sending demos and he had heard our previous albums he understood that we like adding a lot of layers to stuff and um you know the last two albums that we tracked at third coast it's always been like all right let's track you know the dry signal of the band and then we'll manipulate stuff after the fact unless we want to like overdub something with a specific effect um you know it's like oh we got all these pedals let's figure out some ideas but then paul was like oh why don't we just set up you know this table and you know have a mixer and run a chain with uh, you know a bunch yeah. of pedals and then he just took an aux sense from the from the the ssl into that mixer and then back into the ssl so for every dry track we have there's a wet track where he's just like manipulating <laughs> you know, oh, that's really whatever cool. pedals. And, and we had already added, there's once one thing we added that it was like, we heard it and we put it in like this little tiny, like bar of space. And, you know, none of us could say definitively where it came from, unless we looked at the track name. <laughs> we were just like, mm -hmm. this doesn't like, it sounds like, it sounds like uh, something you'd hear on like a ship, like a, <laughs> like a it almost sounds like a metal door like like opening but also kind of like in the distance like it was a weird like okay like a sort of a ping but also like metallic i don't know it was it was or maybe like maybe like hitting a metal bolt a metal hull of a boat with like i don't know <laughs> some sort of like metal hammer or something <laughs> just like yeah. A ping, oh yeah like but the warmth of like a gong, like a felt mallet mal hitting a gong. So it was, it was just like, we don't know what this is, but it works for this spot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it was when I was doing the... Uh, I It could have been just like some cross things happening. It w like things just hitting inside of pedals weird. I haven't really ran a lot of drum machines like through guitar pedals and stuff. And so... There was something that was happening with the overheads on my track where when it was all hitting the mixer and going into the computer, like the overheads were really like, I don't know, really like kind of nasty. They had some highs to them. They were really quiet though. They weren't that loud. And whenever the kick drum came in, there was like this weird, like, it almost sounded like there was like a limiter interacting with like the kick drum and hi-hats a little bit like there was just like some weird crispiness like the hi-hats were getting like eaten away by it and i wasn't running them through separate pedals and everything and i'm like not sure what made them like do that in the whole thing i also have my preamps like tanked going into my <laughs> like so that could have also had something to do with it like <laughs> but yeah I, it was oh it was such a cool sound though but yeah i love experimenting just like getting you know, all of these different things set up, like getting the dry signal as well, getting like a few different, like, so you can have some control in post. Um, but yeah, it's, it's fun doing all that mixing and stuff. I love that stuff. <laughs> yeah. That's, we, we just had one mixing session last week and now 
I think I want to say our next one's in like November. So okay. we're, we're just, you know, pacing it out. This is the earliest we've recorded in an album cycle since our first record. Usually oh, we're, nice. usually we're recording in like January, February, and then like spring summer time is when we put out the record, but mm-hmm. it'll be nice to like get stuff done a little bit sooner. And then we can, you know, tee up shows and, and try and have like that, you know, everything's aligning. <laughs> we got the promo, mm-hmm. the the albums like not only finished, but it's printed to CD already. And, <laughs> you know, yeah, get ahead of it a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's nice. I actually got on top of my merch for this stuff. I'm doing like cassette tapes, like again, but they oh, are yeah. false cassette tapes. They look like cassette tapes, but they're not. They're USB Ooh. drives. And so <laughs> I'm doing these as like the, I don't know, just messing around with a different format for one of them. But I was able to like get everything all like ordered way ahead of time. I got the poster all set up and like, I think it's just like, I'm not as gig busy as I have been in the past. Like I had, like, usually I'm like, Oh gosh, like, when am I going to find time? Like, Oh yeah. Practice this day. We can like go over that song. We got to record at some point. Like, and, and you know, you're constantly working on gigs and stuff. So I feel like I've had a little more time to just like get ahead of that kind of stuff. And, but it feels good. It feels really nice having like, I don't know. I, find unless it's like an album release or something i'm not really always spending time on like the nuances of like what i'm going to plan out for each set and it's kind of just like yeah it's nice having that time to like you know plan it out get a nice like you know plan some moments some weird dropouts some some extra stuff that you're not just playing the songs through as if you would if you were just like kind of not have like didn't have as much time to play on them and stuff like that right And, and I was thinking, yeah, like I've been thinking about that with, um, I, uh, I, I recently talked to, um, this pianist, uh, Jordan Anderson, who plays in sabbatical Bob and, um, plays with Vincent Chandler's group out in Detroit. Oh, okay. And, um, he, you know, he was talking about just, or I guess we were both talking about like, you know, having, because as jazz musicians, a lot of the times we get these gigs and there's not a lot of time to put stuff together, but there's this shared repertoire that we can pull from on the fly Mm -hmm. and, you know, create our own arrangements out of those moments. But, you know, having the residency earlier this year and being able to like kind of add to the repertoire of two different groups over four months was like, you know, that it hadn't happened in a while. (laughs) Just being able to like, you know, grow a project on a regular basis rather than like, you know, Oh, we put out an album and then the next, you know, eight months, we're going to be playing a lot of that album. And maybe we played it a month before the release. (laughs) Yeah. Half the time you're figuring out the songs on stage, like, (laughs) (laughs) like trying out some new ones, like, (laughs) yeah. Throwing in random ideas or, you know, like I think of like with, with our song mother's breath, we've been, you know and it all started just with like i think the the feel was teased and then justin kind of leaned into the feel with the baseline we we've been doing the like the latter chunk of it where it's it restarts on the riff and it slowly builds back up um and kind of features 
features drums. It's been like an Afro beat feel. <laughs> and okay. with that little change, it's like, oh, now we have this new way of interacting in the band, but also a new way of thinking about, you know, it's another, another way to present this song. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, it's fun when, when those moments happen too, where you, you try an idea on stage, the band follows, and then you're like, oh, maybe we should just have this be the live version now. <laughs> oh man, with, with the noise, it was so bad to the point of where like, I feel like we played, um, it was on our second album, Outside the Dream. I think that song had like three different choruses because I just like, we couldn't figure out one that we liked. And so right. I kept like writing new ones and bringing them and we're like, oh, we'll try this one now. And like, we kept playing it with different choruses and just <laughs> trying them out to see which one we liked the most and which one felt right and everything. And we landed on one eventually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah how it, so it, i guess the main focus is your solo stuff right now and the noise is kind of in the periphery or is there noise stuff happening in the background too so right now it kind of started just with covid like kind of taking the wind out of our sails a little bit i yeah. was trying to think about just like i started just thinking oh man like what am i gonna do to be able to keep doing music like if I want right. to keep doing it like I was in a spot where I had just quit my job to like start doing music full-time and I had like got a bunch of residencies booked up and I had it wasn't like crazy crazy busy but it was I had like two gigs a weekend and enough to like you know make a good foothold and whatnot right and so I started it and then like right when I did it it all yeah you know all <laughs> everything happened <laughs> and so yeah from there I started um <clears throat> kind of thinking just about like oh man there's going to be a lot of people that want to like release music over like quarantine and whatnot and so I started just at the time I had been really into recording for the noise we were working on an EP at that time and we were self-recording it, doing all of the stuff for it. Um, Cody is crazy, crazy talented. Cody Schoenberg, he, uh, okay. he is always, I mean, he works at River City. He's got his gig there and everything, but um, yeah, just his work in general, I always enjoy. He's always got great, just a good ear. And so like between, and everyone in the band has a good ear too. Like August, they just mixed their whole and mastered and did everything for their last album. Like, yeah, it was honest. So we were just like, we've done the thing where we've worked with producers and we had like kind of let people not like take our ideas, but I don't know. I've always been open to like, when you listen to this, what do you think? Like um, the producer on our first few albums, he, would be like, oh, this is cool, but, like, you guys stick to these kind of chords. Like, what if we, like, break these up and start adding in some seventh chords here randomly and things like that? And I was always open to it, but – and, like, the vocal production, I had always had – I always was trying to bury my vocals in the mix and everything and right. <laughs> all that. So we kept, like, working with other producers, and then we decided we wanted to do that. And so we were working on recording a bunch. And so as we worked on that, I started working on just some solo stuff to record. And then I had also been working with Bedroom Ceilings on some songs that they mm. were doing. 
um, I had the Rhine experience uh, start contacting me, and that was kind of when I had like the idea to start doing culture and doing the whole label thing, where really the whole idea was just to uh, celebrate people doing in the community, doing something where like people can really, if you're willing to put in the time and effort, like, oh, we need like a video person. Like, I just really was trying to make it a just like a place where tons of people can like cross reference like oh yeah like this person told me like when people still contact me for video stuff I have a few friends that do video and if people want to try to like I don't know if it's a project they need help like with like getting out mixing and mastering like recording can be kind of tough at times and a lot of bands that try to start off doing it it's easy to like get interfaces and get the whole thing set up and I even will just go out and just help bands set up, show them like levels, things, you know, like how to like right. set things up, do all that, get all the tracks, walk them through mixing and mastering. And at this point, I've just kind of been doing it in a way of like, uh, and some bands like the Rhine experience, they're already great at like recording and like mixing and all that stuff. So yeah, I started working and doing a lot of that sort of process and, focusing my time and effort on it and I've always loved that side of it like I was always from the beginning obsessed with like songwriting and like certain tones and like a song and like oh yeah like this song is super cool and it's like all smooth and then like the bridge hits and it's just like grimy now and like the chords are all like changing and I was always I've always been really into the writing and studio side of stuff and so I wanted to flex that as much as I could and keep on doing that stuff. And so, yeah, now though, as time's been going on and I've been able to get out and start playing gigs and stuff, um, I've still been working with other people, like helping as much as I can with recordings and stuff. But I kind of want to shift my sights now to um, seeing if I can like start cultivating some like shows and bills and things and doing things like put on by the label with bands that have been on it trying to do some kind of now shifting since shows are a little bit more of a thing and maybe not big things because as time's going on I'm sure things are going to get you know <laughs> <laughs> probably going to pull back the reins a little bit but for yeah. the time being just been working on as much as I can but uh yeah, I wouldn't say the noise is in the back burner. We've been playing some gigs as of late. Um, me, Mike, and Olivia have played as a trio and doing just like uh, two guitars, piano, <laughs> vocals, setting yeah. up. Uh, and it's fun. it works for like going and playing just some, you know, random bar gigs, brewery stuff, like those types of things. And it's been nice to like kind of sit down and like here, like in, when the noise is all like freaking fuzzed out and we have everything <laughs> blaring all the time, it's cool to like hear the like small, like stripped down sections of it. And so I definitely, and we've been talking about working on stuff more. So yeah, I still am really passionate about the label stuff and want to keep on like trying to just do stuff for the Grand Rapids area and keep on trying to like, yeah, just do something like, to kind of help with just like access to things and really like pricing if bands don't have like a good like a lot of like a budget I'm like I've just been doing this for like a year and a half two years like I can like do it for cheap like I'm just trying to build a you know kind of like resume as well and so right yeah 
it's been fun. I dig it. And yeah, so I'm hoping now to like go in with the noise and I've been writing a bit and interested to see where it goes. My writing style has been flipping quite a bit and (laughs) I mean, that's good though. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's always good to have like, I don't know, some other part. I mean, it's kind of why I do so many random things in the, you know, to make up a career. Um, Mm -hmm. It just helps, you know, Oh, learning a little production helps you. Even if you're not going to produce, you understand how to communicate with an engineer or like doing live sound, you know, how to ask for what you need in the monitors and not just be confused. (laughs) And like, you know, how to break down, I don't know, those communication barriers that sometimes happen between, you know, staff and artists. Mm -hmm. And, and then, yeah, in your case, it's like you have the label, but also are an artist and are doing production. (laughs) So now you're able to like kind of tie all of that into like, a curation project of sorts. <laughs> to, yeah. And yeah. really from like the start of it to the end of it, I can help people get something out. And my thought is too, and trying to like do merch and I've been doing the website and things like that, where I have like, um, Justin, uh, who he goes by number 99. He does all of the visuals and all of those types of mm. things that, for culture, he's always helping out with it. He helps out a lot with the cassette tapes that we've done. Um, yeah, he's a graphic design wizard and just has <laughs> all kinds of like ideas. And uh, he's yeah, he's just always full of all kinds of cool ideas. I don't know if you've seen Ryan's new album cover. Um, yeah, I th- did. It's he... called the hits. The hits. And, yeah, I did see that. <laughs> and it's like got like a bunch of like price tag stickers like discounted like a ton of times. And it looks like that classic like, oh, this is that like sublime greatest hit CD that was chilling in what is it, FYE? Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> it looks like one of those. It's like seven hours of bonus features and like none of these stickers are real. It's just all on the album cover like art. But yeah, I find it super cool. Um, but yeah, he helped also with the out or the EP release poster for the 30th coming up for my new release, which is super crazy looking. Um, but yeah, no, I always, um, yeah, he's a super fun guy to work with, but he, uh, has been helping with, um, kind of like, I'm more focused around, like, I've had a lot of help with. Um, luckily just people helping me when I was learning how to record, I had a lot of people explain to me like, Hey, like for, you know, just setting up a mic in a room, like what to watch for, for like how to like, make sure you're not like you hear rushing or like not hearing rushing or like how to make sure like you're using like something to like, yeah, just having your like references or things up to like kind of guide your process and make sure you're not like getting off too much or anything or it's just handy information to have or like if something's clipping or even if it doesn't look like it's clipping it might be coming in too hot or something and all kinds of things like that and so starting from there it's kind of I don't know there's a lot in recording that can go (laughs) awry (laughs) there's a lot that can go awry and there's a lot in mixing that I feel like, you know, when you first start mixing or when people 
are doing it. It's a, it's a hard process to like get down and find your like kind of rules that you use and kind of, I mean, everything in music is situational. I feel like you always have a rule just to be like, but in this situation, <laughs> it's not the case at all. Like, <laughs> right. It's, and so, yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a, I don't know. So I've enjoyed being able to be like, yeah, let's start here oh, like you guys know how to record and mix sick, like, but you need help with mastering and getting stuff up out to Spotify, like with like having like a label account through like DistroKid, I can have like so many friggin' bands on there and it's like no extra cost for me to do it. And so I can just help. I'm not taking people's rights or anything or like taking their masters. Like they still keep a hundred percent of everything. I always like sign stuff so that they know that and like right. give them like a little thing so that I'm like, I'm not taking anything. I'm just like <laughs> trying to make this a uh, sweet. You went through us and like, usually if people like pay for mastering or something, I'll just be like, I'll just do that for you. Or I'll, Oh, like you're paying for mastering and this and this, like, do you want cassette tapes? Like at that point, or like, do you need merch, t-shirts, those types of things? Cause yeah. And having like finding people locally who do screen printing that are willing to help out with that kind of stuff. It's just been a really cool experience. Like basically just trying to, yeah, between me and Justin, just trying to build a one-stop shop to like get something out if you need help getting it out, which yeah, no, it's been fun. But yeah, I, I, uh, you know, I, I think about the next couple months and the, the gigs are a little bit lighter, um, which at first I was kind of like, oh, I don't know, should I like, you know, fill it with more stuff? And I know that most of the work I'm doing will, you know, it'll cover whatever expenses I need for these next couple months. And it'll actually be kind of nice to, you know, not have to drive up north most weekends for like a wedding or, you know, I was up north this weekend for gigs. Um, you know, there's one trip outside of the state that Earth Radio is doing. Other than that, it's like, like I'm pretty much around the area. And I think it'll, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to the time that, you know, you'd think last year would have been perfect for, um, which is just like being able to carve out time to work on personal projects and, mm -hmm. um, yeah, spend time, like also not working <laughs> like, and yeah, absolutely real rest instead of the kind of mm -hmm. rest that's like, well, I don't know what's happening. Hopefully <laughs> things improve. Yeah. <laughs> no, I have been taking a lot of, ever since this all happened, I feel like my time spent like actually practicing my instrument has <laughs> like instruments has gone up and like just trying to, I don't know if it's just cause I had more time to like sit in my room and just get bored of what I was hearing myself play. So I had to like figure something else out. I'm like, man, I can't just play this the same. Like, <laughs> so I, um, no, more recently I've been trying to find a lot more time to just like work on. Yeah. Like my instrument just, writing trying not to rush things like this last ep that i just finished up it's probably only like 15 minutes long and i've probably spent more time on this 15 minutes than like <laughs> i've spent on a lot of other projects <laughs> but it's been a cool experience and yeah just challenging myself keep trying to like 
change up songwriting techniques and stuff, really trying to like break up my like, oh, like I do this pattern a lot or something, or just like find new like inspirations for song, like chord progressions and things like that. Yeah. 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 And well, and, and I also found out actually today, I, um, uh, I had art. Well, I guess I had already been confirmed for next January, February. I'm at West shore community college again, working with their, um, theater department as kind of a rehearsal accompanist and, you know, the bridge between the pit and the cast, (laughs) uh, this will be my third production with them. And, you know, those always felt, those two months always felt kind of like a working vacation because my only responsibilities were like, all right, Monday through Thursday, uh, you're going to have an evening rehearsal. It'll be like three, three and a half hours. And, you know, the rest of the day is up for whatever you, you know, like for 2019, it was really getting a handle on booking. And that's partially why Earth Radio's schedule was so busy that year. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, you know, last year I was able to do it right before the shutdown. And that was like time to actually really rest. Cause you know, whatever I had, I don't, I can't say for certain it was COVID, but you know, before COVID it was like, mm-hmm. I like December, I had went on tour with Mark and then came home, got sick for a couple of weeks and then I, you know, had the holidays and then I started in Ludington, got sick like the second or third week, uh, you know, got b- better enough to fly over to Nam. went to Nam, came back, got sick for a week and a half. And also was like, you know, I prescribed like a, um, they gave me a, like a pill steroid and then a, a, okay. like an inhalant steroid. Um, so... God. It was like something was like just it was something with my lungs and breathing and it was like a super cold slash flu. So yeah, it sounds like COVID. Yeah, I was like, maybe like, that was COVID, but um so last <laughs> yeah. year was, was like time to rest in between all the craziness. And then this year or this next year, I'm I'm gonna have like a waterfront cottage to myself. <laughs> So I'm I'm probably just going to bring things to set up and leave there and then just like whatever happens in those two months in my spare time, I'll turn that into something. But heck yeah. Oh, that's really cool. <laughs> yeah. That's I'm fun. Ready for like a working vacation of sorts. <laughs> oh yeah. No, that's really cool. That's really, really cool. Yeah. Uh, what time frame was it that you had gotten sick? Like when was that? Yeah, it was late December or like mid mid December 2019 and then yeah. like middle of January and then early February. It was like three separate yeah. times. No, I had like a fever that wouldn't go away for like two and a half weeks in December and <laughs> it was rough. It was really, really bad. Um, yeah, and I, I remember so many people getting sick at that time too. I feel like everyone that shared those SM58s around all the venues around town (laughs) and just everyone breathing on them in between sets, not thinking about it. (laughs) Yeah. We, you know, for third coast, they, for a while, it was like, if I borrowed, 
you know, a mic to do podcasting, I'd have to like wipe it down with sanitary, you know, wipes and then, uh, you know, make sure that I clean the, you know, some other part of it and, or I use a cover that's like disposable and then get rid of the cover. But mm-hmm. no, people would come over to record and I'd have my little, like, I have like little pop-up closet kind of thing. And I'll like, I have three of them. And so I'll set them up and then drape blankets over it. So you're like in this little blanket igloo and then I'll put like the, so I was like, you're already in like a blanket for it. So that'll be like help a little bit. And then like, I'd send people videos of me like spraying the mics down. And like, I promise I'm cleaning my microphone before you're using them. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, we were, well, and, and like the, you know, the old founders entertainment team, when we were brainstorming ideas to like, you know, attempt at like, or, you know, just in general, like, how do we do shows during this time? And one of the ideas that Morgan had was getting a, a, a UV oven and just, like, baking all the, you know, like, taking off the mic ends and or the covers or whatever, and then just baking a whole tray of mics in, in UV lights. <laughs> just oh, like, man. And then have, like you know the oh we'll only have bands come up through the fire escape and we'll we'll portion that chunk off near the bar during show days and then we'll leave the side door open so they can just walk from right outside right to the stage (laughs) we'll have masks and sanitizing and all the things they'll need right by the stage that you know we'll have a direct path of like oh if you need to go (laughs) out of the public here's where you go like we were you know itemizing everything and then Mm-hmm. that of course that didn't happen but <laughs> yep <laughs> it was just like here's the here's all of the things we need to do the thing and yeah just trying to you know keep precautions and <laughs> and a, a lot of a lot of it i felt like was just like you know among earth radio and other bands and stuff was just like masks and just kind of checking in and being like okay i'm i'm not sick so i think I'm going to come over with a mask. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, that's pretty much what it was. Yeah, I was wearing a mask whenever I would go places or have people come over and such, but yeah. Oh, man, no, it was a it was a weird time. <laughs> it was a very weird time. <laughs> I'm hoping weird. it doesn't get back to get back to that. Uh, it wouldn't. Yeah, not. I'm hoping. <laughs> yeah, it's it will. And, and I think of like. I've been me- I've been trying to touch base with this cellist friend of mine who lives in France because the last time I talked to her, it was, you know, she was like, oh yeah, the there's an eight o'clock curfew and you need to be kind of escorted to go get groceries with like your, you know, people in your immediate area or your household, and and I was like, that's interesting, but you're also in Europe, so you're an artist that has you you know, the arts are like more subsidized in Europe. So yeah. it's like how, like, it's this weird, like the, the measures were more intense, but then you also didn't have to like, you know, claw your way through unemployment to like yeah. survive. <laughs> I am actually still, I just had my, like another meeting for unemployment, like two days ago. I'm still working on my unemployment from that, like, whole entire thing. Still, it took from, like, December when it, like, whenever, like, things first started going down or whatever, I, it was, like, around December 
or May or something that I applied and yeah it just like got caught up in a weird thing and it's just been caught up it like was just like pending for like nine months and I'd call and they'd be like oh yeah there's we don't know what's going on like (laughs) and I eventually I just spoke like to a judge over like the phone and it was a very strange experience just like (laughs) yes I'm like yeah I can that that would be nice that would be really nice (laughs) yeah the just the the uphill battle just for like you know survival like I had actually I know a couple other friends who had this too I kept getting letters I got one letter that was like there there was an error and you got $800 a week for like six months. And I'm like, no, I didn't. <laughs> I would have definitely remembered if I got $800 every week for six months. And, yeah, that's... <laughs> and then, so then the, at the end of that letter is like, oh, we're, we'll follow up once we know more. And then the second letter was like, we think it's your fault, but it might not be. And I'm like, how is it? What? <laughs> I was what? I, I could show you where like my bank statement and the receipts. And it's like, I know how much I got paid over this period. And then, you know, months later, I think like the final letter I got was like in July. And it, it said like, oops, uh, just kidding. <laughs> it's our fault. And uh, it wasn't you. And, and I'm like, cool. Glad our our system is just overwhelmed right now yeah Uh, and that's really what i think there um i feel like i hear i've seen so many not here i've seen so many facebook statuses about it over the past like year and a half i feel like i've seen so many people struggling with it and yeah it's yeah crazy system <laughs> <laughs> crazy uh, system and and well and then simultaneously too i just think of like you know like i, I think one of the first like covid related art anythings i was able to hear was um early in 2020 uh seth bernard wrote that like four track album at you know on this farm and you know it was just like a little indie release uh self-produced and um yeah it was like every song (laughs) it's like we weren't even that deep into it yet i think it was like it came out in like april or something we weren't even Mm -hmm. that deep into the the weeds yet and um just the unless it came out this year i don't know the last two years are blur but (laughs) Yeah, I distinctly no. remember I, I the same thing when I was trying to think back over the timeline. I'm like, I don't, I, I can't quite remember. <laughs> yeah, because he's since put out another like produced album. So I'm like, is that mm-hmm. where was it? But I, I just know I listened to it and reviewed it. And I remember the feeling of like, it was like, you know, this like the, the sole antidote for the past, you know, all the craziness because all of his all of his songs are like, you know, authentic and, uh, you know, life affirming and <laughs> empowering mm-hmm. without being cheesy or pandering. And just like, how do you exist? But I guess you do. You're a real person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and I was reminded of that. We, we stayed at his farm on Saturday uh, after our Earth Radio show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was just like, you know, he's just this caretaker of this farm and 
was like up before all of us, even though we were all out, up until like three and, you know, he's like starting to cook breakfast. And I'm like, I thought I got up early. Like you're, you're up, up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. That, there, that is one thing. I feel like over the past like year and a half though, I've gotten pretty good about like a, a schedule in terms of like my like waking up and stuff and actually being pretty good about it. Like, a lot of times sitting around, you're like, oh, man, I, uh, I should probably change up my daily routine a little bit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, that I feel like I've, I have more of a, a, you know, more of a schedule based on what I've, what I schedule, I guess, since I have mm -hmm. just, I, I am my boss. <laughs> And I, yeah. <laughs> and I schedule myself too much, but the, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but the, uh, you know, just even the thing of like being, you know, making more of an intentional step towards like, you know, I've been getting these, you know, massage appointments and like the float sessions and, mm -hmm. you know, just trying to trying to it started from a place of like these sound like good ideas let's try them and then through it you start to notice because i'd always thought a massage was like you know you see it at like oh it's a luxury spa and only if only us peons could afford such care <laughs> as being like needed like dough until your stress is gone oh yeah oh yeah and and then to see like oh if i take advantage of these things i can not only have that, you know, the, that relaxation and, and the stress relief, but then I also get moments of like being able to feel, you know, like, Oh, I now see where I carry a lot of stress or where I'm overworking a part of my body that, or even like at the piano, like, Oh, my posture needs adjusting because I didn't oh, notice yeah. oh, I was absolutely. seated a certain way. Or, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I've been doing a lot more when it comes to just, like, I, I when you're, I don't know, with songwriting and stuff like that, too, I felt like I've always kind of, I've had a niche way that I write songs and things, and I felt like I got stuck in a lot of it, and I've been really trying to make a conscious effort to just, like, break some of that kind of pattern as well, like, okay, rather than just, like, sitting down and, like, playing what I normally play for this time, like, I'm going to work on, like, right now I've been trying to, like, getting around the guitar, like, fluidly and, like, just moving in, like, a, like a circle of fourths and then doing, like, or, like, minor thirds and just trying to, like, not just focusing on, like, oh, I'm in this key and, like, writing these, like, oh, these are the chords in this key and, like, trying to just, like, be more, I don't know, break free of those kind of things a lot more and just... Yeah, trying to just expand my, like, understanding of songwriting, because I've always just been, like, riffs. Yeah, that's what I need. <laughs> I need riffs and more riffs. All the <laughs> and, riffs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the chords will come if I add enough riffs to this. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the chords are, but once I add about, like, nine of them, layer them up, there's going to be some chords here. <laughs> yeah, there will definitely but... be some chords. <laughs> 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 so no, I'm trying to be a lot more, yeah, just focusing on my, like, understanding of stuff and also my piano playing. That's been, it's something that I've always just like, oh, I know, like, my chords and things like that, but actually, like, 
being like, okay, inversion and stuff like that. And yeah, just really focusing in on that kind of stuff. And so like, I feel like my practice times lately have been like more expansive than they have been in the past for sure. <laughs> and that feels good for sure. That feels good. <laughs> yeah. It, well, and, and I even think, you know, like the practice time has been good. And then also like, you know, I feel like I didn't practice as much last year as I did, or even, I guess, you know, I did the streams and stuff, but like practicing and like also just sitting down and just playing, like I didn't do a ton of last year outside of like what I needed to do for various projects and recording. And the thing I found this year was, you know, being able to sit down and like, yes, I'd work on stuff for like a gig or, you know, whatever I need to learn for a thing. And then I would, you know, let myself get, you know, and off into noodling land and like try different things and, and like, you know, dumb things. Like I uh, trying to the uh, one thing I was trying to do the other day was um, just hearing like, <laughs> hearing like, uh, what was it? J uh, Jacob Collier mentioned how, you know, cause he likes to, he just knows everything. So he's like, yeah, he sees all these connective threads that you're like, I don't know about that. Let me try that. But uh, one of them was arguing that you can resolve any key with any chord, I guess. So he was just like, you know, in an unrelated key. And then he was playing a phrase in his right hand in E major. And then he resolved it. And it's like, Oh, that's just thinking about, you know, some, altered scale or like you know if you recontextualize those notes a certain way it's like oh this is actually kind of a you know a, an altered dominant scale or this is kind of a you know this mood and yeah it, so it was like oh let me just try you know being in a key and and doing a progression you know like i was playing through breezen because that uh that george benson tune oh yeah um, may wanted to start the set um i subbed for may early wine on sunday so i um you know or not for her i wasn't may <laughs> i subbed in her band <laughs> i was uh, may early wine on sunday <laughs> might have noticed some differences <laughs> in how she didn't know any of her songs and <laughs> and was not may early wine um and so I was playing, you know, Breezen's just such a, you know, one, six, two, five in D very, you know, just groovy, soulful. And I was like, okay, what if I'm just, you know, playing in an unrelated key, how do I get in and out of it to where it sounds nice? And, you know, some, some of the notes were like, okay, this would be a cool way to sound weird <laughs> or a cool way to sound like completely unhinged from the key. But then there are other moments where it was like, oh, I never thought to try and like, you know, like with jazz trying to land on those like chord tones of, you know, the thirds and the sevenths of a, of a chord. And you're like doing the, you know, the enclosures or the half step approach below or yep. above the note. Mm -hmm. And um, I never had thought to like, oh, if I recontextualize the thing, this exercise or this concept in a, another key like if i'm playing you know b flat major against d major like what happened what could what can i do when i land on the notes that 
don't necessarily fit in the key like where can i like skip to or like alter like it, mm-hmm. so phrasings became more interesting because i'm thinking in another key but not really even thinking about b flat just thinking about like you know i'm like oh i'm incorporating these extra notes and what does that mean and what does it sound like <laughs> yeah no i for a minute when I, in some of my songs, I just had this philosophy where I was like, Oh, here's the chords. And if I just play this one random weird note, as long as I sing it too, it'll be okay. (laughs) I don't know why I thought this was like a good idea, but I used it in a few noise songs where I just add in a really terrible note and then like sing it like in the context of it. And I mean, it was definitely, like, it wasn't super untasteful. It was just kind of, like, borrowing a, like, chord or something kind of a feel. But, yeah, I just was like, oh, yeah, as long as I just, like, make these weird parts, like, super defiant, like, and they're just, like, there, it'll be okay. Like, <laughs> I just have to own that they're really weird and it'll be be okay. <laughs> yeah, if I lean into it, it's it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I kind of I got sucked down a wormhole before this too. I was trying to like play like I'm trying to figure out how to describe this even. I was essentially just like playing melodies and then like trying to just like keep the same chord under the melody so that I could like kind of just like shift the key underneath the melody the whole time and just kind of like constantly make like the like if the melody was you know. Da, 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 whatever it is like I would make every note of the melody the seventh in all the chords that I was doing and like just keep mm. it all that kind of thing and just trying to do that and then get to a new melody and stuff but yeah my keyboard playing isn't that smooth <laughs> I have to go really slow <laughs> really, but it, really slow but that's like that's a good way to think you know because I always I would always do this at Grand Valley in the new music ensemble you know sometimes with my professor being like, okay, we actually need to tune, but I would, you know, like, okay, give them, give the strings their A and I would give an A and then just like, all right, the A is the major seventh. Now it's the root. Now it's the fifth. Now it's the sixth. like just constantly Mm -hmm. recontextualizing that A. And, and then that, you know, I think of, um, there's an album I actually shared earlier today in my Instagram story. Um, I think it's called, I'm trying to remember what it's called. I think it's Valley of Smoke by Intronaut. Their okay. like second album, second or second full length album, I think. But okay. that came out, I think, in like 2010, maybe. <laughs> it's been so long. But they're they have a song on there called Elegy. And there's a spot where, you know, the the bassist is just pedaling one note, just you know, a cool rhythmic pedaling on one note and then all the guitars are like voicing different chords with delay and they're like making this progression over the one note and that was kind of my first time really thinking about like oh i like i can you know notes have all these different functions you could keep the same note going and just like build a harmony around you know just this one note being recontextualized and now that's like something I like doing for, you know, whenever I get the chance of, or like in jazz, when somebody like, you know, Oh, it's an a section, but they take the first half and they're just pedaling one note, you know, like a bass player just dropping the low E and it's like, Oh yeah, I can go crazy for a second and yep. 
add whatever mm-hmm. I want. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. No, it's cool too. Like, um, I find it's been helpful when I've been trying to like improv two samples, like kind of going full circle back to what we were talking about <laughs> earlier. When you have those like super stark, like just like repeated things, you almost have to like, I don't know if you're trying to play with them and stuff and make a chord. I don't know. You have to do some stuff to make it feel, feel natural or whatnot and yeah I've been finding it's really really helpful like you know you have like something that's like skipping or like some notes or like I've been there was one song the other day where I had like two sections that I made and like the songs was in the it was in the same key but like because of how I had arranged the samples the B section was just like it didn't really like ever feel super resolved so I was like trying to figure out how I could like play chords behind the whole thing to like make it feel kind of more like grounded and yeah it's it's been cool it's definitely a different approach to writing music than (laughs) than I've been used to in the past but yeah yeah it's it's sometimes it's just those little tweaks that like suddenly you you're your brain just starts filling in other gaps of like, Oh, I could do that or to try this. Or what if I change it to that? Or it, yeah, like a little bit of recontextualizing or sometimes I, I find like learning a new piece of music um, that opens up an idea of like, Oh, I never thought about, you know, this type of movement or this type of, you know, rhythmic idea. Like mm-hmm. what, let's play around with that in, you know, some other thing. <laughs> Mm-hmm. and yeah uh, it's just fun it's it's fun having like between like gear and playing so many avenues to generate new ideas and you know find it's st- still getting in ruts but still finding your way out of them <laughs> even mm-hmm. if it's like oh i didn't buy anything new i just you know stopped using my default like this is what i use on this pedal <laughs> yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, as of late, I, I haven't, it's crazy, I haven't made any huge, huge purchases for, like, music gear, aside from, like, that MPC in a minute, that thing, and I've just been trying to, like, kind of, if anything, I've been kind of selling some instruments and getting down to, like, just, like, kind of a more bare-bones collection, and I've been focusing more on just, like, like I can, I can make this sound good. I have a lot of, like you're saying, there's so many tools and so many ways that you can shift things up on your own. Like it's, yeah, no, it's a good time. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love music. Yeah. Well, and, and that I saw a video, you know, the YouTube algorithm randomly recommending a music musician video I hadn't seen. Um, and the guy was talking about, you know, it was like, his it, it showed his studio with like a ton of gear and he's like why i sold a lot of my gear <laughs> and he was kind of talking about the same thing where he he wanted to get down to the essentials but he also felt like he was using a lot of equipment that could do a lot of different things for very specific things and mm-hmm. wasn't giving you know it wasn't giving the time and attention to like really dig into the the nooks and crannies of like a a thing he bought and instead was just like oh this helps me do this in my chain all right i'll just leave it there and now that or he was talking about now that he's pared everything down he 
part of it was he was able to use the money to like invest in the treatment of the the space so that mm-hmm. improves all of his recordings and then he also like realized like one of the synths that he had always had that he thought like oh this doesn't really you know i need this thing because this one doesn't really do that like he's discovering like all you know a use case for gear he's always had that he didn't think was usable <laughs> mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah great <laughs> yeah oh man i i have so many random weird I don't know what to call them, garage sale keyboards, and <laughs> just to just to mess around with them. I've made like full songs with them sometimes. Just so many sounds on them and stuff. Go through. <laughs> Found one that was really interesting. It had like a, it only had like twelve sounds on it, and it was like a really cheap like small keyboard, but it had like a resonance and cutoff, and it was like a like a digital keyboard and just like this it was so weird like some of the sounds i could get out of it from just like going to a weird patch and then like adjusting the resonance and stuff and then (laughs) using it direct through a bunch of whatever the hell it (laughs) right (laughs) ends up turning out really cool Uh, yeah well and i think of even you know when i stayed at uh seth's farm i was in i guess what he called the little house which was like a two two room and a bathroom like little tiny cabin and with the kitchen and um all above like you know various a couple spots in the kitchen uh above the one or above both bedroom doors right near the the small little hallway door um there were all these like you know like uh old casio and like you know yamaha like these all these toy keyboards (laughs) and (laughs) I was like, oh, why are these all up here? And he's like, oh, I used all these for one of the Egg Tones recordings. And I'm like, that's fun. I didn't realize that. <laughs> I didn't realize you did that because that's like, I have I have a, um, a Yamaha uh, VSS-30, um, the one that has like a sample. You can like, it's got a mic so you can sample things directly to the keyboard and then edit it on the oh, fly. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, it's like, it it kind of has a little bit of a cult popularity because um uh and i know i'm probably gonna say it wrong sufjan stevens <laughs> sufjan oh yep, sufjan. Yep, yep, yep. yeah i have no idea either S- sufjan um <laughs> yeah sufjan i just think of the i think it was like a hard times article and it, it was like so you pr- mispronounced sufjan stevens and you need to move <laughs> <laughs> oh man (laughs) but uh i have one of those and then um this i think it's a casio like p15 i think is the name of the model it's like a tiny little like beige colored keyboard that it came with like four of these like i don't even know they're like cartridges and you put them in this little what looks like a little tape deck uh, but it's just like a cartridge slot and they, they come with, um, different, like accompanying drum loops. <laughs> so it's oh, just, okay. there's like, you can play them and then there's different things you can click on one part of the keyboard to like change up what's being played. And then it's got some of those like basic accompanying features where, you know, like on a, 
a cheaper keyboard where you're playing and then you hit accompanying mode and you, you know, press a C and it plays like a C major chord or something. Um, mm-hmm. It has buttons for like, oh, you can hit a note and then hit a button and then that's, you know, a chord and then you can hit another button and it alters the chord. Um, oh, okay. So it's just like a goofy, <laughs> tiny little keyboard. Um, yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. <laughs> So I've I've just been uh, reorganizing stuff uh, here at my house and then bringing stuff up to my office at Third Coast to be like, mm-hmm. all right, how do I get this set up? Like to just, I just walk in, I turn on a couple things and all these things are ready to be used. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Rather than just having them sit in the corner or in a box or something. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, it's it's hard having everything like set up and ready to go. Like I find that no matter like how much, how many cables, how much like space freaking power strips I have, it's just like way too hard to just have every, and like, I feel like the, a lot of times I'll be like, Oh, I want to like do something now where I'm going to like run this through this. And then I got to like take a cable from here and I'm going to plug it into this one. And I'm rerouting things now. And no matter how much I clean up my studio space, no matter how much I do it, there's just always a sea of intertangled cables. And <laughs> and when I need something, I'm usually unplugging something, shifting stuff around so I can fit another keyboard on the table because now I got to move that one because I want to <laughs> play that one with the chain that I set up here. And yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I'm tempted to um, set up this this um what is it the 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 patulator 8000 which is just like a it's like a octagon that has a bunch of in and out quarter inch lines or quarter inch oh whoa uh stuff and then on top of it are a bunch of like eighth inch uh cables that you can just like route to different places so you can have like you know like pedals on one side and then a bunch of instruments and then on top you can just like oh i want this to go to this pedal chain or this to go to this effect and oh i haven't used it since the the last session i did with um wearing actually (laughs) uh okay he he and i have like i don't know probably like four hours of like improvised ambient music we haven't released yet but um the the way we had it set up in the studio like he had his rig and this was even before he started playing pedal steel and all that um Mm -hmm. but my setup all all of the stuff was routed into the patulator and then there was like a couple master outs i guess um that i chose And then before the chain hit the, uh, you know, hit the interface, uh, this is all at Amberlit Audio. Um, we put on both outs, we put a, like a tuner pedal in the chain so I could quick mute and then like reroute stuff and then like activate the signal again and then, you know, yep. add an idea. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. That's really cool. Yeah. So. I- I used to do, (laughs) back when I was super, 
when I would bring the just everything I had to venues because I was that guy and I'd just bring the most obnoxious setup in the world. I had like I had like a side pedal board to my pedal board and like it was an entire route just for so I could like A B switch and I had like a dirty and clean, but just from like routing on my board. So I had like I think it was something ridiculous like uh it was an octave or no it was a double it was the earthquaker tentacle i think it's called or something where it like oh yeah it adds in like a weird like octave up note that's like i don't really know how high up it is it's i think it's like an octave up and it's just like blended slightly because you can still hear their like dry signal too but right so i'd have that and then i would put that into like a fuzz pedal and then after the fuzz, I had a compressor. And then after the compressor, I had an EQ. And it was just the most sputtery, distorted, like laser beam fuzz. And <laughs> yeah, it was insane. And so I would have that. And then I would like be able to flip between that. And then I'd just press a button. And then I would go back to my like jangly, reverby, like other chain that I had all full of chords and stuff. Then over to the other one that was like, yeah, just like super fuzzy. And oh man, yeah, it was kind of not quite the octave thing. That's really cool. I, the only routing I've ever done was just like that. That's like just A, B, nothing super crazy. I mean, obviously with other stuff I have, but just with guitar and that I, that's really the only like live application I've ever done with it. But. Yeah. I was looking for, um, and I found it, the, this, uh, was Eli Khan's old setup. If you can kind of see how ridiculous it oh, looks. Oh, <laughs> whoa. Yeah. He's got four how DL. Of those, I was going to say, how many of those are there? <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to see if, if my camera will focus, but, um, what? That is crazy looking. Yeah, it's like if only it wouldn't focus on my face and focus on the phone. But um yeah, it's like he's got yeah, he, four DL4s, you know, like a Digitech whammy, um you know, a couple Digitech reverbs, a boomerang, a MIDI switcher, <laughs> a uh like uh, I think that's a phaser and then like a, I think that's a Strymon Flint, like just so many sounds, like a big muff. And then the keyboard on it was like a, a one of those Novation, I think, or no, Arturia Mini Brute, I think. Mm -hmm. Like basic. Yeah. Um, that's what I, I have one of those. I, I'm, I love that thing so much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're so cool. Yeah. I just can't imagine like bringing, you know, like a tri-folded setup like that anywhere. No, that's, <laughs> I thought my dog town one was insane. That was, <laughs> that's a whole nother level. That's, well, and that's he really would, intense. he would like demonstrate to, cause now it's, he's condensed it to one big pedal board and then he's got, you know, his hybrid guitar and then mm -hmm. uh, like a Roland, I think a Juno DSI. I think the, okay. you know, the smaller synth and then, yep. um, Oh, that's really cool. The, uh, uh, I think a, one of those like Roland, uh, what is it called? The, the sampler pad thing. 
the, oh, S- the SP SP something or S something. I don't know. Four, the 404? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, just like still does does a million things with it but yeah he would when he showed that it was like oh yeah if you run two dl4s into each other you can do this and i'm like i have one and the power supply just broke like how am i supposed to like four of these like i i thought i was good having just one (laughs) that is a pedal that i have never dived into but i I know it has such a like cult following. Like people love that thing. Like they really, really do. And I've never, yeah, never dived into it. Yeah, that's one of the pedals that's in my office that I want to get set up again because it's like another layer of looping and another, you know, I get a bunch of different delays out of it. Um, mm-hmm. And it can run stereo, so I can, you know, that's, do yeah. ping ponging that actually ping pongs. <laughs> Mm-hmm. yeah no that is really nice that's super nice yeah i for a long time i used um oh gosh it was called i think it's the pink mod or something it's like from fairfield and then i ended okay. up getting rid of it um and i got a oh gosh what are they called it's like echo shifter it's like the ibanez delay with like the it has like a slider on it and you can like slide like latch you can just like latch and it does like an infinite kind of just delay on it and stuff it's fun it's a cool one for sets uh with ryan i've been doing it if we like have to switch instruments because we'll like bounce around on instruments in that band i'll just like and just leave it and then change guitars real quick everyone in the audience is just like i was having a conversation i was enjoying my beer and i have this like looping delay guitar in my ear like (laughs) what is going on (laughs) hold on i have to pay attention to the music now (laughs) it definitely people get weird for a second when they first hear it it's funny seeing like everywhere one just like kind of shift and like look like what's happening right now (laughs) yeah it's it reminds me of like it wasn't an effect, but it was um, when years ago, uh, Knee Body and the Bad Plus came to Holland and they played at the the Knickerbocker Theater. And the Bad Plus, you know, after Knee Body set, you know, very energetic, groovy, modern, exciting, like Bad Plus, they started their set super out and free as, and, you know, they did it for long enough where you saw like a bunch of students that were like, Oh, okay. You know, I, I'm, I'm good. We can go. And you know, the people getting up and leaving and then they kind of looked around the room and they're like, all right, I think everyone who wants to be here is here. And then they cut right into the songs off their new record. And everyone was like, Dah! <laughs> it was just that <laughs> effect of like, all right, are you, are you really fans of, of live music? Cause we're going to make it, we're not going to make it easy. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's really cool. <laughs> it was just like, it, it was that moment of being like, oh yeah, I'm in control of what's happening musically, not necessarily just the audience. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Like, I get to, I get to dictate how, you know, I do things and, and uh you know it's not it's not it's not my fault if you misinterpret something when i've clearly laid out like this is what i do <laughs> and mm-hmm. like this is or this is what this group in particular does like 
you know, it's like the people who go see the the strange, beautiful music festival in Detroit. They're signing on to like, it's going to get weird. You don't know what part of it. It could be this noise band. It could be the dude doing solo Tam Tam and electronics for 45 minutes. It could be <laughs> Clem Fortuna doing another set of microtonal piano. It could be, you know, yeah. uh, what's his name? Ben Willis from uh, Saj Talk. He has a project oh. where he puts on like a giant crane mask and like plays, you know, bass with effects. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> like it's, it's like, you'll, you'll get to Steve Reich's music for 18 or you'll get to, you know, New Music Detroit playing a more tonal, groovy, modern piece. But right now, this trio is playing John Zorn, and you're just going to have to deal with it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, oh, man. <laughs> just the experience of it all is, um, yeah, people going to those types of festivals to really get, you know, really challenge their love of music, <laughs> but also oh, yeah. experience things they've never... Like, there's a dude... I think his his stage name is Onyx, like O-N-Y-X. And he just builds these like these like 3D printed like cybernetic, you know, like gloves and like like skeletal suits. And he like MIDI maps it to like, you know, processes. So as <laughs> things are happening, he's able to like, you know, create a filter or like you know, latch something on with a motion or like you know, Wayne State has a music technology ensemble that'll like, you know, hack an Xbox Connect and like grid chunks of the floor so that when a sax player like is playing, he can jump into like a predetermined grid and like there's the delay and then jumps out and he's back to normal, jumps in there. Oh, there's Whoa. reverb. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> what? That's really crazy. <laughs> dang (laughs) that's nuts yeah it's a it's a festival that happens like i think the week after the jazz fest like the week or the next or two weeks after the jazz fest okay in september okay dang no that would be really cool to see that sounds really really cool yeah it's and it's like it's an interesting blend of like you know the people who are making the weird stuff also might be in the symphony and you know you start to see the other side of like oh this is where this is this is what i'm i'm not fully engaged in when i see you know or when i pass by a symphony performance or something it's like oh okay yeah he plays violin cool but then you see that same person do you know some crazy thing with with tech or something that's like a little bit more theatrical but they're still having to play their instrument and they're doing staging and yeah it's it's like a festival that um because it's geared towards like the contemporary music contemporary chamber space um it it's a mix of like if you want to see weird stuff and you're just some guy like this is the place if you want to perform <laughs> like super out music and like kind of blur the line of like whatever genre you're expected to play in usually mm-hmm. like you can come do that okay <laughs> it's that's it's really like cool a playground <laughs> oh that's really cool honestly detroit 
I constantly just find more and more stuff over there. There is so much going on over in that city. It's nuts. The music scene is it's so big. <laughs> like it's so so big. <laughs> it's well and and I think of like I saw, you know, a photo in in the story of um uh, the bass player I was hiring uh, f- for my residencies with Madison, uh, John Muir Cotton, um, killer bass player, um, electric and upright. And, yeah, okay. uh, you know, he does, a. I feel like he's working all the time and it's never like, it's never a gig that's just like, Oh, I'm playing, you know, the, the jazz brunch at the, you know, hole in the wall place for $50. It's like, Oh, I'm spending a month in Aspen playing for like this concert series or. Yeah. Uh, but he, he had a photo on a story of like, I, I, you know, I messaged him. I'm like, this is kind of like the, the Detroit young artist equivalent of like that photo of all the jazz artists standing outside of the porch in Harlem. <laughs> like, Oh, there's you, you know, Brandon Rose and like, uh, you know, what's his name? Lewis Jones and Jordan Anderson. And like all these players who are like multifaceted, like very strong artists that aren't, you know, they aren't just like, Oh, we're jazz musicians. They're like creating a lot of cool art and helping other people perform their art. And, and they kind of help keep the, the wheels turning of, <laughs> of the younger scene in, in Detroit. <laughs> oh, that's really, really cool. That's really cool. It's necessary to have, that's for sure. I mean, gosh, I, I wouldn't, be playing if I didn't have constant people just like throwing stuff at me all the time and I mean if you're interested there's usually there's people out there but it's I mean it's hard to find sometimes <laughs> especially right. like if you live not in Detroit or live in like some random like side place but I mean gosh there's challenges to in those places there's not as many people but also you get to like new york or someplace like that where you try to like <laughs> work on music and form bands and stuff and that's like a whole nother like so huge like yep. so so huge uh, so yeah. crazy <laughs> that was one thing i never really noticed going or like really thinking about music or whatnot until like actually getting to go and start leaving michigan a little bit and playing shows elsewhere and going around i'm just like holy crap like the music scene around is so different in every like everywhere you go it's so entirely different and yeah I just wasn't expecting it I was like oh it's probably like like the same thing and I mean like it kind I mean you're always going to get like similar like themes or whatnot but like all in all like it was crazy to me how like every place we went just had such an individual like feel to it and identity it was cool yeah that's one thing I'm hoping to do more of next year is, you know, I have just having friends in all these different like music cities, like being able to go, even if it's just for a weekend, like, or, you know, earlier in a week, you know, see, see these people in these places and, and try and, you know, take in a little bit of other parts of the country. Um, just, yeah. Cause I think, you know, Nam was kind of the, one of the reasons I started thinking about it, but then even back to like, you know, 
the first little tours I, I was doing with like the Grand Valley New Music Ensemble and then, you know, short little runs out of the state with Mizpa, just seeing like, yeah, seeing like just the differences in different scenes and like, oh, they, we don't have this here and they do, do a good job of this thing at this venue or this town is super, you know, like near Arches National Park, it's so tiny, <laughs> but it's such a cool, you know, spot to just see for a couple days and mm-hmm. um yeah and you know i see i have a friend who she was working for a, a sound company out in california and she's now working with i think with that same company again but she lives in michigan okay. um and she's out on the road with blue october and mm. they or she'll post different travel things and i'm like yeah i do miss like those those little mundane like okay we loaded in we still got four hours till our set let's you know wander around the town for a couple hours and then like go back to the venue and and grab food check out the opener and then you know like the 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 other parts of tour that aren't just like hurry get to the gig hurry 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 okay start up okay play uh thank you uh did we sell merch okay does everybody got it next city (laughs) like yeah just having those moments to hang out and and explore a town that you normally wouldn't get to see that often <laughs> yeah oh yeah no i saw this post during um quarantine where it was like yeah I've, it's been getting so bad that i like loaded all my gear like down into my car drove around for like four hours got to my house loaded it back up into the room played a set like got back down into my car drove for a little bit came back home and like put in some like already like just like really like bad like boneless chicken wings or something like (laughs) and stale beer and then i like loaded my car up finally after all that and then like drove for like a four hours and then got home and then like watched (laughs) movies into like the late night and (laughs) just like trying to simulate the gigging experience again like (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's that that well and i feel like i lost that muscle in a in a good way in in aspects too just being able to take a pause but you know it's i haven't had to really rely on like well and my body physically is just like stop with all the all the things that propped me up over the last few years with school like like all the caffeine all the you know late night whatever eats at wherever however much i could get for you know free trying to get free Mm -hmm. free food or like oh let's you know we we have this much credit left let's order another (laughs) appetizer (laughs) and now it's now i'm i'm able to be like oh what if i replace that with you know something that's that'll help in the longer term and and now i'm starting to see like you know bands that i've been following for a decade like periphery you know all of them especially the the drummer the drummer's really big into into like like he'll get ready for tour but then he'll also like work with a trainer and like just get like conditioning up and like stretching and you know the cold tub therapy things and yeah the ice barrels or whatever he does um and 
yeah, it's nice seeing like, or, or, you know, like Thundercat, he lost a bunch of weight and he's just been eating a lot cleaner and mm-hmm. it's like, oh yeah, he, he, he very much could still shred and be Thundercat if he was just like partying every day. But now yeah. he's, he's like, ah, I did that. I don't, I drinking. Want... What was the, did you ever see his Kenny Beats thing? The thing he did, he <laughs> the... drinks like four yerba mates or whatever and they're like 200 milligrams of caffeine or like just like just like <laughs> chugging them down and he's just like sitting there like shaking in the seat like <laughs> just freaking out <laughs> i i've like watching that video and then also being someone who's drank like an unnecessary like third cup of coffee before a gig and then like rushed way too much I don't know how he managed to like maintain his cool after drinking all of those things. Like he still played great. Like he played amazing. And there's no way in heck I could do that after. (laughs) Well, and it's funny because I feel like at his level, you know, the, the more proficient you get on an instrument, like the mistakes are still obvious to him but they're within these tiny gaps in like the fluid motions of his playing versus like someone who just started and they're like, wrong note. Uh, uh." (laughs) Like that visual processing of like, wait, this chord. And meanwhile, he's like, oops. Oh, sorry. About what? I just saw your fingers doing this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, no, that that genre in general, like, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, neo soul, or I'm not quite sure, but it is, yes, it's something, and oh my gosh, like, the chops of those guys are just insane, like, (laughs) all of them, like, that whole, like, is it called Is What It Is, is that his last album? Yeah, yep. All over that freaking album, I'm my brain just like that and like any anything flying lotus touches my brain just like it's like verging on anxiety like trying to comprehend what the hell i'm listening to (laughs) yeah all of these things are happening (laughs) so much Uh, well and i think thundercat you know he's he somehow snuck like fusion into popular music like oh yeah he's doing like you know the modern billy cobham or tony williams or you know and it might be a song about getting drunk at a party but then all the soloing is just like as fast or like the craziest fusion stuff and it's like are people even ready for it like they want to they want to dance and they're still dancing but like you're throwing you're throwing stuff at them that's going like whoo it's just like just flying straight past <laughs> yeah uh no i've uh over the past gosh i've been obsessed with his music for the first time i heard about him i've i've always loved that stuff so much his album before that the something dead i don't remember it's like maybe i'm dead or something i can't remember song of the dead no it, Songs it's something the dead uh, yeah that ep or whatever Mm-hmm. yeah super good like yeah he's always and it's crazy like i feel like a lot of his newer stuff too it's like it feels a little more electronic and like in the past there was a lot more like live guitars live things in his stuff and now it's like i don't know it's still just as hectic and crazy but he's like 
just dance, changing it up, changing it up, doing it in a different texture and stuff. It's, yeah, it's fast. That's the one thing that like, that's the one thing that's different about it from like a lot of other stuff that I like listen to. It's so freaking fast. (laughs) It's hard to keep up with. Yeah. Well, and that's partially why I like nowhere too is, is that they, they just distill all the music nerd stuff into like dance music (laughs) Mm -hmm. and, and then like the production's very distinct and there's times where I'm like, okay, what, how, how was that? How did they do that? (laughs) That Mm -hmm. (laughs) like this song is so fast and they're like Lewis is playing, you know, probably three of the instruments and, and also, yeah, yeah, it's, it's crazy. I'm, I'm actually going to go see, it's not until December, but uh, my friends in this band, uh, Dandu, that's okay. Um, they've played with Earth Radio when they've come into Michigan a couple times. Um, they're friends of Justin's from when he lived in Colorado for a year. Okay. And uh, Dandu is doing a show at the Chop Shop in Chicago with the Lewis Cole Big Band. So. Oh, whoa. It's like, we'll see there, you know, Dandu's crazy, like video gamey-esque fusion stuff. And then just see all of the people I want to see from the Lewis Cole, Knower, you know, musician universe. Oh, yeah. Space. (laughs) Oh, that's super cool. Yeah. That's really, really cool. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited for actually seeing a show. Like the, the first show I went back and saw was mark rebier yeah <laughs> that was that was insane just the, the, his ability to like like just take the, the collective id of a room like clay and just be like all right we're gonna make oh that yeah and that and it was dance. amazing <laughs> i was really lucky enough um a buddy of mine um for my birthday he gave me tickets to Lollapalooza with him and i yeah I that I was blown away. I there's so many bands I wanted to see at that, and like, but him in particular, it was one where I was like, oh, it'd be super cool to go and see him. And I had no idea what I was like. I've seen the videos, I've seen the stuff online, I've gone down the the rabbit hole and watched like uh, what's the is it Girls Club? I, that's what yeah. I always think of it being called. But that was like the one that just absolutely killed me and us. <laughs> And uh, yeah, so I, yeah, it was cool that he did like the double back and like played that at the end. But yeah, I was right. not expecting him to just like pure off the cusp, like I'm just going to improv this, whatever we're going to talk about tonight, like is going to just be on the spot. Like, and the way he had people come up on stage and just like, I give him so much like i would get so nervous bringing up like that many drunk people around like gears and cables and like there was like as he was like doing the set like there was this one guy he like gave him a bottle of champagne and some like you know a glass and he's like sitting there watching him like do his stuff and he's like leaning and like the bottle of champagne like drew, like running down it's just like pouring uh... and he's like watching him and i'm like seeing it kind of like get on the table a little bit and he's just doesn't give a it doesn't have a freaking care in the world <laughs> just like <laughs> thinking it's the best time of his life I'm like man i could not do that i could not <laughs> just start inviting random people up and be like 
yeah, you're the you're the new member of my band now. Like we're gonna do this. <laughs> yeah, it. Part of me like that's to have that level of like fearlessness is a goal <laughs> to just be able oh, to yeah. like Absolutely. go up and do whatever you want in front of whoever and because I feel like that's half the battle is like you you make art but then the confidence is what like sells it to to people even if it's like mm -hmm. you know like an intimate setting there's still a level of like confidence in terms of how you can perform it or interact with the oh, audience yeah. and mm -hmm. trying to get things sounding on a stage how they do in your room is tough <laughs> <laughs> yeah and meanwhile he's like literally just taking what's in his room and putting it on a stage <laughs> <laughs> yeah and like no, amplifying exactly. it times a thousand <laughs> uh yeah so great but um yeah this has been a, a great chat <laughs> yeah absolutely nice no, variety of, of things <laughs> yeah no super i was wondering going into it i was like i was like should i like I'm like, what are we talking about before this? But no, easy enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it helps just, you know, I I just like talking about whatever in music. So it's easy to, you know, musicians can talk about a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. No, we'll have to do another. I don't know if it'll be a gig or whatnot, but the Dogtown thing was fun. It would be great to do another, another yeah. collaboration at some point, too. That'd be super cool. Yeah, I'd be down. Um, where can people find what you do? You mentioned, you know, the label and the bands, all the things. <laughs> yeah, so like the merch right now, um, if you go cult, so C-U-L-T dot M-4-A dot com, that goes to um, just like the website there you can like, I have like all the most recent songs that have come out um, with like Dante Cope, I think is the most recent one that's come out. Um, so like all that links to all the music are on there, um, merch is on the website, all that kind of stuff. And then there's also like details to shows and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And you know, I'll have links, you know, wherever they end up down down there for youtube <laughs> yeah absolutely and, uh, yeah i can send you some links and stuff as well also yeah the album release show for the new well ep release show for the new thing i've been working on um that's on the 30th and so yeah that's uh awesome. coming up and yeah as always like pretty much everything is i talk about all the stuff i'm working on on social media stuff like that so you know all the usual yep just keep keep an eye out for everything <laughs> <laughs> do you have any gigs wait you have an earth radio show coming up don't you oh yeah i do um on friday uh at the listening room we play uh 7 tickets are uh you know listeningroomgr.com you can also find it you know linked in our link tree links um and and then we also have another show on October 30th. <laughs> if you, you, you want to, you know, flip a coin or, you know, pick a show, <laughs> we're in uh, Muskegon with uh, Flexidecible at Unruly Brewing. So definitely bring in the... Oh, those the, guys are great. The party. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, shoot, in that case, I'm pretty sure I don't have anything for once. It's been crazy. The last few Fridays and Saturdays were, like, 
just months seem like have been filled up before I can do anything about it. I'm like, oh, well, <laughs> I wasn't doing anything that day, but now I am. But yep. yeah, I don't think I have anything going on, so I'll, I'll probably see you Friday. Oh, nice. Yeah, you'll uh, be entered to win some merch. We just announced a giveaway, so. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah, Big. we're just Big getting. Right time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I waited, and now I'll get <laughs> merch. Um, yeah, well, cool. Then I guess I'll see you on Friday. <laughs> All right, mate. <laughs> All righty. <laughs> All right, thank you again. Yeah, no problem. Thank you so much for listening to our conversation. It's great to chat with someone who, you know, has a genuine interest in the process of creating music from a lot of different angles, whether it's technology or, you know, the various instruments, various genre influences. You know, if you follow uh, his exploits all around, you know, the West Michigan scene, he's got a bunch of different irons in the fire. So you don't know what thing you might get exposed to. It might be electronic. It might be a solo acoustic thing. You never know. Uh, But again, if you enjoyed these conversations that we had, uh, you can check out all of what I do on Patreon, patreon.com slash Dutcher Snedeker. That helps support the podcast. Uh, DutcherSnedeker.com shows you everything else from album reviews to, you know, videos to my, you know, discography. There's a lot of music you can listen to that I've been involved in uh, as a recording artist. And you can always just hit up my socials. Uh, If you have any other questions, leave them in the comments or, you know, shoot me an email or message. And uh, we'll see you in the next episode of Mitten Backstage. Take care.